Salam Nerds is brought to you by HalalShirts.com, where you can find fun novelty gifts for your Muslim friends. While you're at it, don't forget to like, comment, share, and subscribe to our channel. Yo, 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 Salam Nerds! It's your boy Neves, aka Watch with Neves, and I'm here with my boy Jazz, aka Jazz Aladdin. Is that a Jazz Aladdin? Ho- hold up, is that um the dictator reference? Salahuddin. Oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, guy. Yeah. Well, well, you know why? You know why? Because we're going to be talking about Muslim leadership today. So that's why I thought oh! I'd find a prominent Muslim leader to talk about <laughs> My... for your nickname. <laughs> My mind went to freaking Sasha Baron Cohen in the dictator. Because oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were saying yeah. Aladdin. <laughs> oh, yeah. You're HIV Aladdin. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. like, like Aladdin means positive and negative. negative. <laughs> He's like, you're HIV. Yo, that is the funniest scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> you're HIV Aladdin. He goes, yeah, no. <laughs> That's a great movie. I forgot about that movie. Mm. Way to bring it back. Yeah. Way to bring it back. How are you doing, Jazz? I'm good, man. I hopefully we're not gonna be talking about dictators too much on this episode. <laughs> No, no, no. We're not going to talk about podcast dictators. called Salam Hopefully. Nerds. We're talking about dictators. Listen, man. It's a fine line between leadership and dictatorship. So who who knows? Who knows where we're going to end up? We don't know where this conversation will end up. But we have two amazing guests today. Uh, one is Dr. Gordon Schmidt. He is a professor of management and the director of the David and Sharon Turrentine School of Management. Did I pronounce that right? Yeah, okay. that's good. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, hi, uh, I'm Gordon Schmidt. So yeah, I teach uh, college courses related to leadership and management and training. Um, I do research as well. And so uh, I do research related to how do we get our ideas out to the public, help them to learn about topics like leadership. And that's the book we'll be talking about later today. Spoilers for where we're going, probably. Awesome. Um, <laughs> but I, we, I also do work related to the future of work. So how technology is impacting the workplace um and how people get motivated towards their jobs as well so that's uh, awesome this is right up my alley <laughs> love it so love happy it. to talk uh, about that <laughs> yeah i'm excited to see where this conversation goes uh next okay. person that we have to introduce is dr sai islam a co-founder and vice president of consulting with talent metrics uh dr islam welcome tell us a little bit about yourself so, uh, assalamu alaikum, guys. I, you know, I, I love the name of your podcast. I'll mention that as a longtime nerd, uh, you know, about many things. Uh, so I'm a big comic book nerd, big sci-fi nerd. I watch a lot of action movies. Uh, my nerd weakness is apparently anime and uh, also <laughs> video games. The two, oh, my two God. Things I don't, don't, I don't... don't get jazz started on anime. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, we were having a little chat about, uh, you know, about Macross and... Uh, Robotech and Attack on Titan Attack and on Titan. maybe I trying got, to get me you know. I got my Attack on Titan poster. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so, are, so you're also also in anime. Yeah. So this is my nerd weakness uh, yeah. and I'm, I'm hoping to talk a little bit about maybe not dictatorships though. <laughs> uh, you know we can't we can talk about villainous leaders which is uh, <laughs> which is a lot of fun. You know why, why would a henchman follow a villainous leader? This is not, not something we really talk about in the book but um you know that that is sort of a fun a fun concept and a fun idea you that know so if you like... watch james bond you know yeah. you're like why are these people following specter i don't is the health care plan really that good <laughs> <laughs> uh, meaningful that 
That's funny. Uh, th- that could be for the sequel. I know the Harley Quinn cartoon talked about that, where she was trying to get henchmen. He was like, yeah, man, yeah, the Riddler pays for dental. Honestly, lots of people would go villain if they could get dental dental care. In America? Sure. In our healthcare system? Hell yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah. entire you premise know? of Breaking Bad. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong. <laughs> Right, right. Oh man! All right, cool, man. Thanks for coming on and and um, you know being here with us and diving into this interesting topic. I I love anything about leadership. Um, you know, in my real job, I'm an electrical engineer, but I also run a team. I have like six direct reports under me. So man, uh, leadership and management is near and dear to my heart. So it's nerd culture. So this is right up my alley, man. I'm super excited. Uh, quick questions, yeah. um, Gordon. Uh, I know they said. Yeah. The David and Sharon Turrentine School of Management. Where is that exactly? Um, so we're in uh, northern Louisiana, in Monroe, Louisiana. Ah, okay. Where yeah. Because I had no clue where that was. I'm like, oh, that sounds like a cool name, but I have no idea what university you're talking about. So cool. Yeah, yeah. The local ph- th- uh, philanthropists who have helped the university quite a bit, and they decided, hey, let's 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 donate. <laughs> And name the school management. So it's exciting to be there with, you know, some of that support. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. That. It's a good place so, to be. So, so it's exciting. <laughs> so tell us a little bit about this book. Is this a book you both co-wrote or how did it come about? So Gordon and I co-wrote this book and Gordon and I have been friends over the last few years. And we, we talk a lot about comic books and we talk a lot about, you know, the Marvel Cinematic Universe, Marvel movies. Um, and we share a lot of, you know, interest in that. We've also published some research in, you know, about, uh, kind of advocating for, you know, uh, better leadership research getting out there because there are lots of bad leaders. Uh, <laughs> you know, we're not going to name any bad leaders. I'm just going to let that, let you think of somebody <laughs> who would fit into that, into that spot on your own. Is he uh, the is young? We'll probably start track talking somebody at some point. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll name drop somebody at some point. Uh, you know, but the, the way the book came about was we, you know, Gordon found a call for proposals for uh, a series of books. So our book is about the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but there are other books about Star Wars, Harry Potter, um, Lord of the Rings. There are going to be other books in this series coming out later. We're actually writing another one about Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, which is about as close as I get to anime. Um, <laughs> American anime. So, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, we wrote, like, this proposal. We said, hey, this is cool. Let's let's write about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. And uh, they accepted our proposal. We, we took uh, our COVID year to kind of, kind of write this. Did I miss anything on that, Gordon? Yeah, well, I, I bring to this team the white guy confidence. So, so when I saw that book proposal, I was like, hey, we can do this. And size like, really? And I was like, yeah, yeah. I, proposal is not too hard. Let's go with it. I tell people all the time, I was like, you don't know what you can accomplish if you only have the confidence of a middle-aged white man. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's that's... That's good for me. It's not good for the world. As long as... <laughs> it's what I mean. Well, yeah, white guys without good skills are good ideas for the world. But uh, I think this book is that's know, cool. Is one so, of the like, ones. so tell me a little bit about like what made you want to use Marvel characters. Like, what was the inspiration of that? How do you even like legally got to do that? That's so cool. 
<laughs> well, so it, it's funny. You talk to the VP of Disney for, for strategy and inclusion. Right. Uh, she seems very nice. Their yeah. legal team, I don't think it's as nice. <laughs> no, no, there were <laughs> there were no. some very specific things. Like we couldn't directly like quote things. We there, there were some rules that we had to follow. So uh, to kind of avoid infringing on their on their copyright. Oh um, yeah. But I, I think the reason that we started using you know the Marvel stuff is because both uh, Gordon and I work as as professors. Uh, you know, in addition to my consulting, I also I also teach. And we like using uh, pop culture examples. So in our classes, we, we might show a clip, um, you know, from the Marvel Cinematic Universe or Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, Gordon actually shared a, a little activity that he did with, uh, with like, per personality assessment with me, like, last week, oh, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, where I, I think you were asking people to pretend that they were one of the characters or what? Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, so basically, uh, you, just, you, you pick a popular culture character you like and talk about their personality. So you learn about different characteristics of personality. And so you're supposed to say this person is like this, and this is how that affects how they'd work with other people. So you know, pop wait, wait. is full of characters that. <laughs> so wait, wait, so you pick a person in real life that you know, like say I work with jazz. So I would say, who does jazz? Like I have to pick a character that jazz reminds me of. Is that how it works? No, I, I think it was more generally, but some people did pick characters that are kind of they're like, I know somebody kind of like Michael Scott or <laughs> one of those people. So you could make it completely fictional. You could say my, you know, my boss is like Deadpool. What, whatever you want to do was fine <laughs> for the assignment. We had some interesting, you know, discussion on that. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Very interesting. So Very... I almost want to take a class yeah, with you so now. We have these conversations, right? Oh, that you free, you feel free to <laughs> hang out and you know take classes with us, right? But this is these are the conversations we were having, and it just felt like a natural fit to yeah. start talking about you know well, one thing writing a book. Certainly, you know? to note too is like Cy and I are definitely big. We're big comic book nerds for sure. You know, we really grew up with this stuff, and you know, to some degree, the Marvel the Marvel universe, these movies is it's beyond our expectations in terms of what could happen <laughs> growing up in the eighties and nineties, you know, you had fantastic four movie that never came out. You had Captain America, <laughs> that movie, you know, the Hulk, that, that Hulk series was kind of like, I guess the greatest <laughs> Marvel thing you'd ever saw was uh, Bruce, <laughs> David Banner, the Hulk with Bill. Yeah. Bixby, you know, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so it's crazy to kind of think about, you know, how good some of these things are. Um, and so, you know, it's been an exciting time for these movies. It's weird that it's so mainstream because growing up, it's not that anyone, anyone yeah. above the age of like 12 didn't think any of this was cool. <laughs> yeah. Even if we did, right? And you so know. it's just been, it's such a, it's such a great and a weird time to some degree because we're we're it's kind of like we're normies now right mm -hmm. it's just like yeah. all this nerd culture is everywhere and people still try to gatekeep but man how can you when these are the most popular movies in the world yeah, um, yeah. so so yeah it's interesting so you know we've always been interested in this stuff the movies we've watched them and we always kind of think about the leadership and other concepts and so when you heard about this book series the marvel movies it was a pretty a pretty quick thing that came to mind where it's like, yeah, well, you've got leaders like Captain America and mm -hmm. you know Tony Stark, 
You've got situations where leadership happens, even though people are in conflict, things like the Guardians of the Galaxy and all those crazy characters together. Yeah. Uh, and so we pretty quickly came up with a lot of these ideas of what would you put in this kind of book? And, you know, I think the book is just the tip of the iceberg to some degree with all the other things you could look at or think about uh, with this. And, you know, as as I mentioned, we, we've done research related kind of outreach of leadership and our field of industrial organizational psychology, it's research and ideas. And it was like, man, this would be a cool way to present this stuff that's kind of interesting, engaging and trying to make it so, you know, almost anybody uh, could understand. And that's something with, you know, the Avatar the Last Airbender book, we're leaning into more with short episodes and, you know, a focus on things that are more kid friendly. Mm. You know, you could show to a group of kids one episode and they could learn about a leadership concept in an hour or less. You know, mm. that's, that's that would really be an cool. That'd be an amazing way to get people to learn. While the Marvel movies are long. <laughs> you don't like superheroes. Two hours plus is insane <laughs> to make somebody watch. But, you know, 25 minutes of an Avatar episode that's fun. Mm. And it's for all ages. Yeah. That, 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 that's, that's something we're excited about with the next book as well. Uh, would that even, even be even more accessible to some degree? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But even with like Avengers and stuff, like they have the yeah. TV show with Earth Mightiest Heroes, Avengers, Spider Man, Spectacular. Like there's leadership yeah. stuff in there too. You can show them those short yeah. 25 minute stuff. But I do like the Absolutely. fact that you brought up Captain America and Tony Stark because they have very different styles of leadership, like very, very different. Um, yeah. And like, does your book go into that? Like, does it describe the different types and like, you know, explain the nuances of civil war because you know you can see oh, them yeah. about like going to the sokovia accords and like you know yes or no and tell us a little bit about that give us a little sneak peek so yeah uh, so you know oh, go ahead Cooper. i was going to say with civil war in particular we've got a we've got a chapter on conflict management uh mm. specifically related to that and so we talk at length related to this sort of conflict between Tony, you know, and Steve related to what we should do. Uh, And to me, it's kind of, it's one of the most tragic parts of the whole MCU so far, right? Maybe something more crazy and tragic is going to happen in phase five and six, who knows? knows? Mm -hmm. Um, But it's this idea of these two guys that both care about this, it's important, but neither is willing to compromise or really listen to the other to try to come up with a way to deal with this. So we talk about different ways, different types of conflict we can have. So we can have conflict of ideas or conflict of personalities. Mm. So Captain America and Iron Man have conflict of personality, right? Mm-hmm. You know, they're oil and water together a bit. Yeah. When they work together well, you've got different perspectives and that helps. But when they're just kind of insulting each other or not valuing each other's perspective, man, that really doesn't work. And we see that a lot in civil war this idea of you know caps the boy scout and so his ideas don't work in the real world while tony's just you know uh an egoist a jerk and so his ideas don't matter here right uh and so what we see is instead they don't really deal with the potential for collaboration uh in their situation so we talk about different ways you can resolve conflict um generally the best is what's often called uh collaboration and when we mm-hmm. talk about that, that means we really figure out each other's perspective and our goals. And a mm-hmm. lot of times we may think we disagree about what's going on when in fact, our, our own, what, what we care most about isn't in conflict uh, and we can come up with a solution that maybe works 
better for both of us or it meets mm. your needs but doesn't it doesn't cause real trouble to me uh, and we don't see that well at all in civil war right where it's tony's just like uh, i paid for everything we should let the un take over all this make all the choices yeah uh, something that comes from both his own perspective mm. but also to some degree his ptsd his feeling of you know we've done bad this guilt yeah i, I want I, I don't want to be guilty anymore let the un take care of this fair, fair. Uh, and cap on that other side saying uh you know this is a this is a moral issue we need to make these decisions we can't become pawns of a government uh that may not be ethical that may be corrupt certainly captain america winter soldier is yeah, a lot about right? those issues right? Hail Hydra. Yeah. and so to him we, yeah hide yeah we can't just give all uh, up all of our agency um, so these two things, when we look at them on face, we might think of them as being completely in conflict. How could we not fight? But there is way, there could be different ways we could do this. So maybe the UN sets the ideas of what the general missions are going to be, but individual members, based on their conscience, can decide what they participate in. And we've mm. seen that sometimes in the comics a little bit. Okay, I don't want to be on this mission. I remember Avengers Galactic Storm. There was a lot of this discussion on the team of what are you willing to do? What's that? Um, you know, again, what 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 are your values in that work? Um, so to me, there might have been some compromise they could make where some decisions might have been okay for CAP, the UN, to make. Some decisions might have been non-negotiable. And you might have come up with a solution where the team could have been more effective. Because to some degree, in the Mar in the Marvel movies, we just have some crazy big thing like Loki attacking or Thanos they don't have to figure out priorities. It's just, well, the world might end or or even worse, New York <laughs> might be destroyed. We just got to fix it right now. Um, yeah. But in the comics, obviously, we see more of different things going on. In the real world, there's a million things you could help. You've got to prioritize. Um, mm. is, are Cap and Iron Man the best at prioritizing? Mm -mm. I don't know. Maybe we need a dedicated staff to do that. The UN could really help with those things. And so instead yeah. you get these people on, on different sides and we don't include a lot of the rest of the team to give input, right? It's just, who's yeah, side mm -hmm. that's a great point in your perspectives. Yeah. That reminds me of uh, Sam Wilson's style of leadership, right? Cause he is the new captain America. I've got to put respect yeah. on his name. And I remember yeah. one of my favorite parts of uh, Sam Wilson's speech is that when you make these decisions, who's in the room and you're making these decisions, right? That part spoke to yeah. me and that shows mm -hmm. good leadership. If you're making decisions on behalf of other people and they're not mm -hmm. in the room, that's not good leadership. That's not good stuff. Mm -hmm. So, you know, maybe, maybe uh, Sam is the, best leader we have because maybe he's a little bit of tony and a little bit of uh steve mm. i don't know we yeah, have yet to see that i'll be excited to see where he goes yeah yeah yeah, yeah. exciting to see in these phases right uh, and that's gonna be a good thing about phase five and six mm. you know twitter is not happy about them and they're you know maybe maybe the tide turned a little bit and reported some more titles that people like but you know there's going to be different voices and different things going on that could be very mm. interesting you know, we yeah. spent a lot of time with Tony. We spent a lot of time with Steve. We spent a lot of time with these characters, which is good. But new people doing cool new things is going to move forward yep. this universe and keep it from getting stale. There's it reminds pains. It reminds me <laughs> but, of uh, it reminds me of the famous saying by uh, Ford. He said that if I listened to what people wanted, I would have given them faster horses. Right. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, listening yeah. to what people want isn't always the best way to be innovative. So. I have yeah. faith in Feige. I have faith in Marvel. Uh, 
I feel like phase uh, four is setting the groundwork for a lot of stuff and mm-hmm. we're going to get to reap the benefits of it in five and six. And then yeah. people are going to say, oh, five and six was amazing. Four sucks. Well, you know what? You wouldn't have five and six if it wasn't for four. So <laughs> there yeah. you go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like phase two, right? Like the phase two movies were, were okay. Uh, yeah. They, a lot I don't of people didn't like them. They were right. spectacular. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they they were okay. You know, I mean, I think Thor, my my least favorite Marvel movie, Thor: The Dark World, is in that mm-hmm. is in that is in that group. Yeah. Iron Man Two maybe is in yeah. uh, is in that group. Right, uh, Age of so Ultron there's, yeah, there's wasn't of that great until like <laughs> the folklore of Endgame and Infinity War built it up more. Mm-hmm. They added a little more yep. layers to it, but I remember mm-hmm. everybody hated Age of Ultron back then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so, Sai, we were talking about, you know, Captain America and uh, Tony Stark as leaders, but, like, what other styles of leadership are there? Like, who else do we have? So, you know, my, my personal favorite leader uh, in the MCU is T'Challa, the Black Panther. Ooh, uh, oh, especially, facts. Yeah, yeah, because he, he does something that you don't really see in Civil War, which is uh, T'Challa reaches across the aisle and... He turns uh, an enemy into a, an ally when he when he works with Mbaku. So somebody that he starts the movie off fighting, he ends up saying like, "Hey, I need your help now. Let's look at this bigger goal, this bigger picture. Uh, you know, I'm ready to support you and your people." And even with uh, a guy like Killmonger, uh, he's he's ready to save Killmonger's life. He's ready to you know help him reform, um, but Killmonger chooses not to. Right, so. That that's something that's very powerful, and I think a really important lesson in uh, in leadership, especially given the current current climate of kind of you know a- people who are you know angry leaders looking to to win a conflict rather than trying to build a uh, you know cohesive unit. Sometimes you see this in in organizations where a leader might be really vindictive, or they may not like somebody opposing an idea that they happen to have. And you have to really, you know, kind of talk them through this this concept of, look, you you could, you know, totally defeat this guy, but you still have to work with him. You know, yeah. you're, just because you win this argument, you still have to live with this person, you know, and it could be something where you have a difference of opinion on a design or, you know, a, a, an idea about a mission or, you know, what the what the values of the organization are, but you kind of have to figure out how to work through that and, and talk through that. And that's really one of the things that we talk about in the book about what makes um T'Challa really a uh, great leader is this ability to kind of reach across the aisle and and communicate and and bring people bring people together and if you think about Black Panther at the end um you know T'Challa takes Killmonger's idea he he takes the core of it the good part of it and he starts to implement it yeah. he says okay we should be doing outreach we should be going out and and sharing what we know let's start that that part of the idea is good but the way Killmonger went about it is uh, is not so good. <laughs> yeah. right? So he really cared about himself over Wakanda, over the nation. And we see that all the time in organizations where there's a leader that has power and they care about, uh, you know, themselves, their own personal uh, goals and objectives rather than the goals and objectives of the organization. And that's something that, you know, in my consulting work, we we try to, uh, we try to correct. I try to, you know, I do some executive coaching. I try to help leaders get better to improve over time. That was also part of the impetus of, of writing the book is it's easier to kind of have this conversation about, you know, uh, leadership when you have villains and you can kind of say like, oh, this person was wrong. Here's why they're wrong. It's much harder when you're talking to somebody who's an actual leader in an organization who's actually been successful and they've gotten really far. 
by behaving in a particular way and then telling them like, hey, this this isn't really going to work. Right. This this approach that you're taking, this very aggressive approach or this coercion that you're using probably isn't the best way to go. Because a lot of times uh, when we imagine leaders, we think of somebody who just has the title of being a manager. Oh, that person's the leader. They're the one that's going to lead us through all of this. And that's something that is a problem because just because you have the title doesn't necessarily mean that you have uh, you know, the best approach or the best ideas. Uh, and in the book, we do talk about sources of power where people who can, can have power and can influence. So our definition of leadership is one uh, that is an influence process. So even if you don't have a formal title, if you're working in an organization and you think to yourself, well, I'm not CEO, I'm not a manager, yeah. you can still have positive influence in your organization mm -hmm. by you know, uh, using your different sources of power. Sometimes that's about expertise, where you know something that somebody doesn't and they come to you and they need support. Sometimes it's just out of respect because you, you know, you're somebody that people like and, and you know, they enjoy, um, you know, where, you know, what you're able to do. Sometimes it's because we have formal what's called reward power. You can give people things or take things away. Um, and that's where what your source of power is. And so if you recognize those those sources of power, then you can start to think about, well, how can I use that to influence things in my organization? How can I actually make changes happen? Uh, even if I don't have the formal title or how, how can I influence things so that maybe I get that formal title and then I can really make some changes within the organization in the way that I see fit. Wow. No, Gordon, that, I think you wanted to add something that's really cool. Uh, I was going to say a, a nice segue with that of leaders that you might not think of as leaders. Uh, I, I, Star Lord and guardians of the galaxy is a good example <laughs> of this as well, mm. because the guardians Talk about a disparate group with different goals, <laughs> different perspectives, different ways of doing things, right? Yeah. Uh, Very and dysfunctional. I, and I would argue, yeah, well, I would argue Cap, you know, and Iron Man, they couldn't rule that unruly bunch with the way that they work. Yeah. You know, Cap would give an inspirational speech and they'd be like, don't know what you're talking about, dude. Don't care. <laughs> We're going to do our thing. Uh, and Iron Man would be like, I got all the money. Listen to me. And they'd be like, whatever. I'm Drax, right? Or some. Or Groot would say something that can't be in a, you know, a PG-13 movie if you translate. <laughs> um, and so Star-Lord is actually a really good leader for that group because he leads a time he tries to influence, but he doesn't tell people what to do in that same way. Mm. Uh, and we talk about that in the, in, the, in the book related to shared leadership. This idea of people being leaders when it's their expertise, uh, yeah. suggests they should lead or in a particular situation, they step up. And I think the Guardians are actually a really good example of this because they all have expertise in different areas and at various points, different Guardians step up and lead. I think Star-Lord leads the most, mm. but he never does it as, I'm the boss, this is what you should do. And when he does it a yeah. few times, it's sort of a joke, right? It's like, ha ha, mm -hmm. you're yeah. not really the leader. We get some of that with Thor sort of jokes related to that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're not really in charge, right? And so if you look at the movie, something like the prison break, who's in charge during that? Well, Rocket is an expert at prison breaks, and so we all listen to Rocket. Mm -hmm. We all listen to his plan. Well, and then Groot screws it up by doing it too quickly. But everybody is, this guy's the expert. If you want to do something related to Thanos, Gamora's the expert with that. Yeah. Uh, and even Groot, uh, Sai has brought this up before, Groot at the end kind of motivates them to... Uh, for action uh, with his own sort of noble sacrifice. So it isn't that these characters 
just have a boss they listen to. They all engage in leadership based on the situation. We listen to what's going on. Uh, and even with Drax, we see when Drax doesn't listen to others, doesn't think of the team, that leads to a problem. And he realizes we've got to work together. I've got to follow at times versus just being the destroyer, right? He, he has to he has to do that. I, and I think that's when the Guardians are a really good team ultimately is this. Are they messy? Yes. If you want them to do something exact, <laughs> they'll probably do it a little wrong and break some stuff. But, yeah. um, but Star-Lord is the right leader for that situation of what happened. Now, wow. what if might suggest T'Challa would be better in that role? Uh, but we only had a short episode of what if? T'Challa fixes everything off screen. Oh. So I don't know if I buy it. He's a great leader. Maybe he would have figured it out. But, but I'm sure know, there would be a lot of people not listening for a while before he gets them to come yeah. around. To but you know mind. what? You know what? Yeah. I feel like T'Challa is also someone who's good at listening to people because he listens to Shuri. He listens to Okeya. He listens yeah. to uh, Nakia. He listens to his mom. Like he also has, And they're all women too. Shout out to T'Challa because he has a lot of strong women that he listens to surrounding mm. him, which I think yeah. is really, really cool. And that's why I think that's why What If probably switched them up because I feel like mm. in a certain type of way, they do both listen to a lot of people around them and give them their expertise. Yeah. Yeah, well, turning Thanos into a friend, <laughs> which yeah. is a good example, what I was talking about. That's true. Yeah. So, yeah, he might fit there, too, while some others certainly might not. It's really interesting that you guys bring this up because, you know, like you guys mentioned, like people who are already corporate, they rule through different type of way or, or lead. Uh and just because it works doesn't mean it's not toxic, right? Like, I know people love this one book called, like, The 48 Laws of Power. I read that book. It is such a toxic book. And I'm like, oh, yeah, no. some, some of this stuff might work, but at what cost? <laughs> at what cost? Yeah. Anyone who recommends that book to me, I immediately think I do not want to work with you. <laughs> no, I think people should recommend because you should be able to realize when some of that is being used on you. I feel like oh, you should okay. read that book. I mean, I've read yeah. it, but I don't want to ever work with anybody who, like, lives by no. it. God, no. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> is, is this a common book that, or do a lot of people you work with read The 48 Laws of Power? Because it's, that, it, I, it, I've it read was. part of it. It, it was a very popular book in the early, like, 2000s uh -huh. that everybody was talking it's about how is. great it is. Um, and My friends who are, like, MBAs and, like, you know, moving up the corporate ladder, they all have read it, and mm -hmm. they all recommend it, and I'm like... Mm -hmm. I think you're missing just the like point. A, it's a very broy book. It's like the uh, the art of war and like Forty Eight Laws of Power. Like, these are the kind of books that like broy people, the like financiers read. Yeah, yeah. So it, it's one of those kind of books. And uh, we are as a, commu a community and you know world. We I think we are past that. We we know that some of this stuff might work, but we know that it's toxic, and we know that like deep down it'll catch up with you. So it's cool to see leadership uh, explained in this way, which is a little more wholesome. And it's got superheroes, and it's pretty fun. I I, I love actually... the conversation. I thought it's really cool. I just bought the book, so you have one more sale now. Ooh. Oh, Jazz, Ooh. man, you should have hold on. They could have given you a promo code or something, man. Yeah, <laughs> you could have got nah, a swamp nah. promo code. Bruh, no, no, no. Yeah, I support this when you buy the book during the podcast. Just order that. <laughs> I support our creators at full price. Where, you know, they need all the revenue. Fair, fair, fair. Full price. This is, yeah, this is the only time I'll advocate as a, as a as a cheap brown guy. The only time I'll ever <laughs> tell people to buy something at full price. <laughs> you know. Gordon and I were literally talking about getting discounts on T-shirts before we started recording. So ah. this is very 
you know, this is not not what I usually tell people. So. Where's the audible? Uh, I'm waiting for the audible version. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get somebody to record it. Well, well yeah, who man. would you get to record yeah. your book? Oh, you could have anybody you yeah. want. Who would you pick? That, that's a that's a good question. I um, you know, I'll I'll say Liam Neeson. Why not? Oh. Let, let Liam Neeson re- read it. Okay. You know, okay. uh, I just want to hear him say, "I am Groot," and <laughs> you know, like the, uh, man, the man who led the lead League of Assassins. I I mess with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah there we it. go. Yeah. Why? Why not? He's... Scorsese would be great because it'd be so. Superhero movies aren't art, but I do do Audible for books about them. <laughs> that's no. that's hilarious. Oh my I God. think he's going to throw it out there, but. Martin, if you're listening, we'd love to have you. <laughs> this is a good book. Yeah, he listens to our podcast at, while he's at work, you know. <laughs> yeah, of course. Probably. What, what else would he listen to? He likes to catch up on I mean. Bachelor content, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a, no superhero movies, only The Bachelor. And that's some of his later ones. <laughs> oh, man. That's the next book you should read. Leaders in reality TV. Like, do The Bachelor and, like, uh, uh, Survivor. That would be interesting. Gordon, should we mention some of the future books of this series? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'll, I'll note for you, we did a presentation related to pop culture. And so we talked about the books that exist so far, the Marvel book, Harry Potter, uh, Star Wars, and the Middle Earth. Uh, and this was at a teaching conference. And we just, we had a group of women at the back that were like, those are all for dudes. Yes. That's not what we watch. We we want we want a chapter on uh, the Real Housewives. <sighs> that, I, that was been, one of them. I think it might have been Real Housewives and RuPaul's yeah. Drag Race. That's what they wanted. Listen, I, if you forgot you, the other one, Kardashian. They were saying leadership in those. And I was like, we should do something on those. That sounds mm. like a good idea. Mm. <laughs> so fair, fair. Look, then if you need to, any of the housewives or a reality TV, I got you. I got you. He actually has. All the <laughs> that's my bread. So. <laughs> that's my bread and butter. <laughs> That's uh, <laughs> that's where I make the big money. I don't know how. I don't know how I got this life. I didn't choose this life. This life chose me. <laughs> I don't know what kind of leadership. I feel like I feel like Tony Stark would be the kind of person that would cheat, and uh, Steve Rogers would be the kind of person that would play it by the books, right? He, there's a line where he goes yeah. like, "Oh, would you be the one to lay your life down on the wire?" And he goes, ah, "I'll just cut the wire." Right? That's very. That's very <laughs> shortcutty. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely, you know, that's one of the key differences and sort of the arc of Tony over the course of the movies is getting him to the point where he's the one who's ready to sacrifice himself. Yeah. You know, <clears throat> that kind of happens multiple times. It happens at the end of Avengers, the first Avengers movie, and then happens in, in Endgame. Yep. So. Yeah, yeah. Tony's got an interesting arc. Uh, we talk about that in the book related to mm-hmm. authenticity and self-awareness and being an authentic leader. Yeah. Um, with, with kind of the ideas, Tony's got to figure out what he really cares about and what type of leader and hero he really is. Because um, it's kind of interesting, if you look at the Iron Man movies, most of the movies are him trying to give up being Iron Man and trying to be like, I'm just going to be somebody that, you know, gives money and runs a benevolent organization. I'm not going to be a superhero. Mm. Uh, and that makes him miserable every time he tries to do that. You know, Iron Man 3 ends with him blowing up all the armor. Yeah, and then I guess hastily rebuilding it for the next movie in the next five minutes. Um, <laughs> as it turns out, you know, 
Um, and so to me, he's got to figure out really what matters to him. And he needs to be that leader out there leading the charge. He's a flashy guy. Uh, he can be a good leader, but he's still going to be a jerk. <laughs> okay, so Tony's always a jerk, but that's who he is. And that's who he authentically is. So I have I have a comment on that because I feel like like you guys are, are right. But like I feel like Tony's biggest arc came when he met Peter. And I feel like mentorship is actually a big part of leadership. Do you guys ever go into that? Because that's what, like, mentorship for me has been the biggest uh, vehicle for me to become a great leader because you don't really mm -hmm. know something until you got to teach something. And that really mm -hmm. is what makes you go leaps and bounds in terms of leadership. What are your thoughts? Yeah, so we actually have a whole chapter about leadership specifically around Spider-Man and, and uh, Iron Man and their relationship. And so we talk a little bit about this uh, goodness of fit model where in order to, you know, find a mentor that you, uh, that really works with you, there has to be some commonality between you and the person you're getting mentorship from. And so in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if you're a tech nerd, you look up to Tony Stark. Tony Stark's like your guy. And you're like, wow, he's got a great big company. He's doing all this stuff. And Tony kind of has to learn as well how to be, how to be a mentor, right? Like he, he's used to doing everything himself. And in fact, you see that pretty often in the movies that he doesn't have the patience to wait until other people join him, but he's got to learn to kind of give uh, support, you know, to, to Peter, both in terms of money. Like he's, he's very quick to give Peter like a suit and an outfit and fly him to Germany and say, Hey, let's just, let's just fight Cap and his guys. But the harder part is, you know, kind of, when he goes to space with him mm -hmm. and they're in the infinity war and, you know, kind of like helping him and giving him that, that sort of emotional support and telling him that, yeah, you could do this. You can be an Avenger. You can, you know, and, and that means so much, especially to a mentee to have your, your mentor kind of tell you that you can do something. You know, I think about, I kind of think about my own career, you know, being, you know, my degree is in industrial organizational psychology, not really a common degree uh, in the South Asian Muslim community, not not that common degree in general. But uh, when I talked to my family about that, they were kind of like, what, what do you what is this thing you're studying? And so one of the reasons um, that I kind of like talking to people about the field is I'm hoping other people from a variety of backgrounds get interested in leadership and in psychology and that they can kind of say like, Oh, there's, there's a guy who maybe looks a little bit like me or isn't, isn't what I typically associate with psychology or with leadership. And maybe I could do that because that's one of the ways in which we can kind of create pathways for new people. I agree. And Tony kind of has to learn that, you know, and it's, it's a, a way to create that mentorship um, environment where Peter can learn and, and Tony learns too, because in order for a good mentorship relationship to work, needs you mentioned that like you learned how to be a leader through that mentorship mentorship behavior. Uh, that's the that exchange where, you know, somebody you're mentoring, they get your knowledge and then you get uh, to hone some skills and also the personal satisfaction of actually having helped somebody, that's part of that exchange and that makes a mentor relationship uh, very strong. Mm -hmm. So that's that's nice to hear. That's cool. Yeah, and we see this in the comics with Spider-Man as well, um, where especially early, there's that whole question of who does he think is relevant to his interests. So if if you kind of read Amazing Fantasy 15, his first appearance, thinking about mentorship, Uncle Ben's given him various information. He's kind of like, ah, you old man, you don't know I'm going to be a famous, you know, masked, masked entertainer. 
Uh, and then Uncle Ben, you know, spoilers, getting murdered. What? If you've never heard of Spider-Man. What? Oh, sorry. Uncle, Uncle Ben, ben don't make it. <laughs> the rice guy? Oh. <laughs> Him too. <laughs> um, but, but he doesn't see Ben as, how can, how do you know anything about being a superhero, being this thing that I am now? Um, and so you, the, the mentee really has to feel this mentor means something or is part of their experience. And I think that's, size discussion about having people that look like you and have your experience as leaders really matters because when you look at those leaders and they're not like you they don't seem to have that same experience or that same live life you don't think of yourself for that role and you don't see them as helpful yeah and, and peter actually has this for a lot of early issues of amazing spider-man is he really feels alone and on his own and nobody is like him or could help him in that way when yet yeah, connecting with Mr. Fantastic or Tony Stark or Captain America might have really helped him. And like, I, it's, it's kind of heartbreaking. A lot of the amazing Spider-Man episodes, cause he'll like, he beats Sandman. And at the end he's like, no one loves me. And I had to lie to Gwen this week. How's life bad every day of my life. And you're just like, this guy needs therapy. <laughs> he's got huge issues. It's really tragic where you feel like connect, get a buddy, get somebody you can talk about with this. I and I've talked about this where like, we're like, Peter, tell somebody your secret identity. Like mm, you need somebody yeah. to talk to about this stuff. You're just like sneaking out windows and you know, you, you, you nobody knows what you're doing. You don't even connect with other heroes. You're just yeah. kind of like being worn down by this, this weight of this secret identity. Mm. Um, yeah. And it's a lonely place to be. I think he really needs a mentor. Uh, and yeah. ultimately in the comics, he gets a little bit more of that. He starts to see Aunt May more as somebody he could get advice from. Um, and I think it really helps Peter develop. Because, yeah, he's a pretty whiny kid <laughs> <laughs> in the comics. That's and he's somebody that really needs help but doesn't think about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, he doesn't reach out when he really should be. And there's a lot of people like that. Um, but, it, but we see it in superhero comics all the time is you know a lot of the teen heroes are very angsty on their own without anyone they can you know talk to about it when it'd be much better to have that mentor that that established hero that really helps them on their path do you guys have a tony stark in your life that uh is a mentor that's been able to help you no. through through stuff like that the thing with me is i've had mentors but none of the mentors that I've had look like me. So I always had this imposter syndrome. Like I don't deserve to be in this room. I'm not supposed to be here. Uh, I am a token or a diversity check, right? So when you don't see people who look like you in that space, it makes you kind of question uh, how valid you being there is. And I think that's mm -hmm. been my issue mostly. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, they so talk about this too. Neebs, just so you know, too. <laughs> <laughs> that there's that there's all these things that you need to know that you mm -hmm. just don't if you're a first generation student if you're not part of that group. Uh, and with a lot of academics, a lot of academics are the children and grandchildren of academics. Yep. Uh, it's crazy when you talk to people how many of them are like, yeah, my my grandmother has a PhD, and you're like, wow, I'm coming in here without that. <laughs> Yeah. you know that experience or that connection and yeah that that, that that's I, i'm sure that's compounded even more when you don't look like those people you're like why does this guy have it together so well 
who looks so different for me. Well, he might then also have the the legacy of three generations yeah. of professors that helped to get them where they are. It wasn't just their merit, which again, you know, <laughs> we we act like a meritocracy so much, and especially in U.S. society, when a lot of it is those connections you know. or that experience or knowing where to go. Mm -hmm. It's yep. it's yep. a real issue, unfortunately, for inequality, as, as you're all aware. Yeah, so, yeah. very aware. <laughs> well, we'll list, well, two degrees yeah. almost was a PhD at one point. So yeah, I know. Yeah. Very familiar. With <laughs> yeah, that life. jazz is very familiar. <laughs> But listen, guys, thank you so much. We are out of time, but thank you so much for joining us. It's been oh my God. a great it's been time. An hour. <laughs> I know. We, we, we've gone over, but it was such a great conversation. I didn't want to stop. Uh, but this was super exciting. This was very informative. Uh, thank you guys so much for being here. And finally, let people know where they can find you, where they can find the book, and like where they can get more information about you guys. Uh, Sai, you want to go? Sure. So uh, I waste an enormous amount of time on Twitter. So you can find me at IOSI Islam. Um, I think I, I think I'm following you, Neeb. So you know, wait, I O me, I guess. Si Islam. Islam. Yeah. You can find me there. This is the easiest place to find me. Uh, you can get the book, uh, which is this book, Leaders Assemble. Uh, leadership in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. You can find it anywhere books are sold. One of the funny things that happened was Gordon and I found the book everywhere. We really only thought it would be on Amazon, and it was at Walmart and Barnes & Noble and all sorts of other places on the web. Cool. So, you know, if people are interested, they can definitely find it. Um, and if they want to talk about it, they can reach out to, to me uh, at Twitter. Very cool. Uh, Gordon, what about you? Where can we people, people find you? Yeah, so I'm on Twitter. Uh, my Twitter handle is at IOPsychology. Um, that was one of the advantages of signing up in 2010 is I got the name of the entire field that we are members of. <laughs> uh, so oh, so you are the psychologist. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> at the time, at IO Psychologist was taken. So I just took at IO Psychology, which uh, I'm glad the professional organization doesn't want, but I'm sure I get some follows just due to having very good real estate there. <laughs> uh, but, but I tweet quite a bit. You know, I've been... Uh, engaging quite a bit with the comic book community lately as well. So a lot of uh, content related to psychology and technology and now a lot more comic book and Marvel movies than, than it used to be. Uh, if you like LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. Um, I spend quite a bit of time on LinkedIn as well, uh, too. So feel free to reach out to me there. If you like LinkedIn, I don't know how many. We've never got anyone like LinkedIn. We've gotten we never had anyone. <laughs> which you call promote their LinkedIn. That is dope. That's a first. <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us, but we are out of time. We are about to hit the one hour mark. So thank you so much for joining us. And I don't know what else to say, but until next time, guys, salam nerds. <laughs>